Welcome to today's podcast. I am Pastor Heath along with Matt, the music man, and today we're going to be talking about the king of pop, Michael Jackson. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I when I hear Michael Jackson, of course, Thriller, the the is it the best-selling album of all time? Yeah, or close it's to close. it. Yeah, it's I 1983 think it's and of course I'm at the rock and roller. I'm at the roller skating rink. And Thriller comes out. Were you, know, you trying to do the Thriller dance well, on your roller skates? No, no, I didn't go there. <laughs> but uh I remember, of course, that song Beat It, uh, which had the cool Eddie Van Halen was on guitar on that, so that was really cool. Um, but of course, Billy Jean and then Thriller was the huge hit, obviously, with the mini movie. I mean, it was like the first mini movie, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was huge. So, uh, I mean, this takes me back to being 13 years old. And of course, the girls were crazy about Michael Jackson. And, uh, you know, I wasn't. Um, but, you didn't have a Michael Jackson jacket? Uh, no, my sister did. <laughs> no white gloves? No, I didn't have I didn't have the red jacket or or the <laughs> white glove or this any of that. Didn't hike my pants up. Didn't tr- I didn't even try to do the moonwalk. Um, but anyway, the biggest selling artist of all time and of course with his life and the tragic death and all the things that are in the news today with uh, This Is It, uh, the documentaries. We're going to be talking about Michael Jackson and the spirit behind the music. That's what we're trying to do in the popcast or rockcast is look at the spirit behind the music. Obviously, Michael Jackson, tremendously talented. Boy, that cat could dance, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy had the moves and like we'd never seen before in – even when he was with the Jackson Five, he was the he, the main one out of the group. He was the star. He was the most talented. He was carrying them. Uh, and then when he got on stage, whatever whatever award ceremony it was, where he had the sparkly glove, and when he did the moon dance, or excuse me, the moonwalk, look, look, <laughs> the moon dance, the moon dance. I just created something new. We got to create a, a moon dance. <laughs> when he did the moonwalk, it was like that's not close to the safety dance. Is uh, it? Men without hats. <laughs> I don't know where the moon dance came from. But when he did that, the whole world was mesmerized. They'd never seen anything like that. No. Most people have a hard enough time walking forward. Yeah, much less trying to do it something like that backwards. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of controversy with Michael Jackson. And, of course, anytime we talk about artists and music, people always get up in arms and they get emotional. And the reason we do that is because we feel a connection to them. We want to believe certain things about them because of how they've made us feel. And so we're wanting to expose the truth. And Michael Jackson, what was he about? What is the spirit behind his music? As, of course, as kids, you know, the music just moves you and it's all good because it's entertainment. Hmm. As you get older and wiser, you start to see this is this was terrible. I mean, Michael Jackson, the, the thing he did a lot was he took his hand and went down to his crotch and gyrated around. And it was vulgar. But as kids, you know, we it didn't really bother us. It was just he was so cool, right? Because he could spin around and get up on his toes and and he could sing. I mean, so 
But when you think about that, and I remember hearing uh, in an interview Michael Jackson had with Oprah, and Oprah had asked him about that. Oprah asked him, um, she had asked him, she said, Michael, why do you repeatedly grab your crotch while you're on stage? And he said this, he claimed he had no control over his actions. When the music came on, he just, he whatever, he couldn't control it. And it's like, wow, that's pretty telling. If you can't control yourself publicly while you're on stage in front of millions of people, especially young and impressionable children, and you're grabbing your private parts and gyrating around in a sexually graphic way, what does that say about you? So if he couldn't control himself publicly, how could we believe that we could? he could control himself privately mm-hmm. in his bedroom? Um, some very disturbing things, uh, you know, as we, as we look at the spirit that was uh, behind Michael. Uh, you may not know this, that he was uh, raised Jehovah's Witness, had, had some Jehovah's yeah. Witness background. Uh, of course, a very harsh childhood, not much of a childhood because uh, his dad turned him into money-making machine. Right, you know, with the with the family business, with them being superstars, raising them to be musical superstars. Um, Michael Jackson's favorite animated character. You know what his favorite animated character was? Pinocchio. Interesting. Pinocchio. Now, how is Pinocchio your favorite animated character? That's that's disturbing, right there. <laughs> I mean, you lying outfit. Yeah. <laughs> so. He also had an aspiration to be Spider-Man. He wanted to be Spider-Man. Um, so those are a couple couple factoids that you may or may not know about Michael Jackson. Again, we're not we're here to expose the spirit behind the music, not to degrade him, um, but to see what what he's all about. Michael always had you know he always had that sweet voice and so so you know timid and he just seemed so harmless, didn't he? Yeah, even I mean, growing up as he, you know, him as a kid in the spotlight, uh, seemed to handle everything well, and he had there was a lot of uh, his dad was really hard on him, mm-hmm. really hard on him. Um, even made even made comments about his appearance, mm-hmm. the way he looked, and uh, you know, negatively. You, yes, yeah, you know that had some effect. As you know, obviously him going getting older. And everything moving forward and the way he ended up, but uh, as far as his features and and whatnot, but uh, um, yeah, it's uh, he was he was under a lot of pressure at a young age, which all kids are when they're in that type of a situation. Sure, and uh, then it just uh, progressed from there. Yeah, and and Michael's even said this: he was looking for love. Mm-hmm. He didn't get acceptance from his dad. He's look. He's trying to perform to please people, and and what does he do? He he look. He looks to the world, and he becomes a superstar and is adored by millions of people around the world. Has the has the world by the tail, and is still not satisfied. Still empty. Still searching. Still trying to change his appearance. Still trying to morph into something. I mean, he was a mess. An absolute wreck. Because at one point he wanted to he wanted to look like Diana Ross, <laughs> and when they were they were real close there for I, a while. I remember. 
and uh, yeah, then he was close to Barbra Streisand and and uh, some of those others. Oh my goodness, yeah, I, I I do remember that. Yeah, he's of course he was friends with Oprah, and and he had a lot of uh, member Elizabeth Taylor. Oh yeah, he had all these relationships that you know they just loved him and adored him. They were like a child, you know. They were they were like I guess mothers to him, and anyway, always seemed so meek. And, yeah, and humble, harmless. And, yes, absolutely. He seemed right. harmless, but there's a darker side to Michael Jackson that a lot of people don't even want to think about. You know, they don't want to believe that he was a child molester. Now that is what's that's what we're talking about. This documentary is it called This Is It? No, that was the, the, the this the, is it was the movie the movie last the, last little movie that's right he did. that's yeah. right well the documentary that's come out um, I forget the name of it leaving Neverland leaving Neverland is the documentary that exposes the darkness of Michael Jackson two victims two guys that had earlier testified that for Michael's innocence but have now come out and have said that. They were abused, and the reason they're coming out now is not for money because they weren't paid to be in the documentary. They simply wanted to expose the darkness of what they went through because they now have children that are the exact same age that they were. Remember how MJ was already – I'm sorry, I can't call him MJ. That's Michael Jordan. Uh, remember how <laughs> Michael Jackson was like Macaulay Culkin, and he always had these – I mean – Matt, if you have a, a guy, friend, that wants to hang out with five-year-olds, that, that should be a red flag, shouldn't it? Absolutely. If you have a—I mean, I, I'm, I love kids. I, I, we do a good news club. I'm passionate about kids. Kids run up to me because I, I guess I'm kind of like a big kid. I, I have a way with children because I love them, but I don't want to just go hang out with them. Right. There's something wrong with that. And remember the interview— uh, I think it was a 60 Minutes interview that Michael Jackson had, and they were asking him, do you feel it's natural and normal for an adult to share their bed with children? And remember what Michael Jackson said? Of course. Of course. There's nothing more loving than sharing your bed with children. And I'm thinking, that is the that is not normal. I want my kids to be in their own bed. Quit kicking me. <laughs> right. Get out of my bed. You need to learn to put yourself to sleep. There's nothing normal and natural for an adult to share their bed with other people's children. That is never natural and normal. That's weird. Yeah, weird. That's twisted. So all of these things, I know people don't want to think about it because they want to believe the best about Michael. But the truth is there's a lot of darkness there. I mean, let's look at it this way. If it wasn't Michael Jackson, let's say if it was just some some nobody, I say nobody is is not famous. An average Joe. An average Joe, and there was a report come out, hey, he opens his home up to the kids of the neighborhood, they all stay the night, they all sleep in his bed with him, and he keeps giving them gifts and blah, blah, blah. Ta- taking them to the mall, buying them toys. Do we not think there'll be a lynching in, oh, the, in the neighborhood goodness. there? Oh, my goodness. He would be on a watch list. I mean, this guy would be shut down. But because of the fame and the fortune of Michael Jackson, because of that, they were sucked in. They were sucked in because of his fame. And but like you said, if you have any other person— 
that that does that, you're going to be shutting that thing down quick. Mm-hmm. Especially if the guy in the neighborhood has some carnival rides in his yard and is inviting all the kids over. Right. Creep. Right. So how can we how how does Michael Jackson get a pass? Because of the fame and fortune. And he can sing. He's so wonderful. He's an entertainer. That's how the devil operates. He's an entertainer. He mesmerizes you. He dazzles you. He makes you feel something. And you're sucked in. And you don't want to believe that he's of the devil. That is how this works. Oh, it's so frustrating. But you want people to see what's going on. Michael Jackson, I know he did Thriller, and and I know he says he wasn't into the occult, but really Michael Jackson was. Uh, in fact, you may not know this, in 2000, Vanity Fair reported that Michael Jackson had wanted a death curse. He even went over to Switzerland and had some black magic voodoo witch doctor perform some ritual in order to bring a death curse on about, I think it was like 38 or 42 different people, Steven Spielberg being one of them. I don't um, think I don't think that worked. No, well. no, I don't think it did work. And he even paid like $150,000 and bathed in blood to try to bring this about. So really, really twisted stuff. Uh, Michael sang about the industry and how dark it was, and there was a song called Money. You remember that song? It wasn't a very big hit. Uh, It was later on, uh, but the song was called Money. Take a listen. So you call it trust, but I say it's just in the devil's game of greed and lust. They don't care. They give me for the money. They don't care. They use me for the money. So you go to church, read the holy word in the scheme of life. Deceived you, my friend, but if you show me the cash, then I will take it. If you tell me to cry, then I will fake it. If you give me your hand, then I will shake it. You will do anything for money. Anything, 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 anything for money. I would lie for you. I would die for you. Even sell my soul to the devil. Now, Michael is exposing the darkness and the evil that is in the music industry, which he is a part of. I know he's calling out record companies and how greedy they are. I, I get that. But he's a part of it. And he's he's got pictures of of the one eye. He's got the Illuminati signs. He's got the eye of Horus. He's he's got those sit. You know, he even had those signs as a kid. I'm sure he didn't really know what he was doing. I mean, he did the he did the a OK sign, which is when the NBA players hit a three or college players they hold the three fingers up. Well, in the music industry in Hollywood, when you do that, that is six six six. That is that is a demonic sign. I mean, that for them it's an enlightened sign. For us, we know it as demonic. They see it as enlightenment. In the one eye, every time you see your artist with just one eye being exposed, in a world where everybody's blind, they have one eye open. And so they are the illumined ones. They are the ones who have the light. Lucifer's the light bearer. He's the one exposing you to this 
fame and fortune, how you can have the world. And so Michael, even though he's calling it out in that, he himself is a part of it, looking for love and, and becoming rich and famous and having screaming fans and all that. So Michael, as much as people don't want to hear this, was a pedophile. I mean, it's all the signs are there. All the signs are there. And now, I don't know if you heard the, a few months ago, there was a TED Talk about pedophilia. And, and the lady got on and, and said that we need to look at pedophilia differently now because it's a natural, normal sexual orientation that they can't help. It was so disturbing, Matt, that we need to... We need to be able to not just ostracize them. We need to be able to help them because a lot of them don't ever act out. But So it's okay for them to fantasize about it. But what happens when you keep fantasizing about something? You eventually act you out You eventually, on. because you need to go to the next level. It's not good enough. It has to be a little bit more edgy. It has to be a little bit more sinister or darker for you to be able to feel something. So... We're living in a world today now, and, and wasn't it Barbara Streisand? Didn't you share something with me? <laughs> yeah. that Barbara Streisand? What did, what did Barbara say? She said that uh, the headline of this article shows that Barbara Streisand says Michael Jackson's accusers were thrilled to be there, and his sexual needs were his sexual needs. And she goes on, and, and uh, she says uh, she absolutely believes the allegations of abuse by Robson and, and Safechuck, but puts more blame on their parents than Michael Jackson. And uh, she said that, uh, you know, um, they were thrilled to be there in, in uh, Neverland and uh, that what allegedly happened didn't kill them. Didn't kill them. And his sexual needs are his sexual needs. That's just his natural orientation. Now, I think later she said she apologized for that. But who says that in the first place? Come on, Barbara. Goodness. It's just, it's crazyville. Yes, they were thrilled to be there because of the fame and fortune of Michael Jackson. To be a part of that, they get something out of it, and then their lives are destroyed. That's what you do when you give yourself to the devil. You get something. He gives you something. He gives you a feeling. You you feel special. You you get something out of the deal, but in the end, it destroys you. That's what sin always does. So who even says that his sexual needs are his sexual needs? This is where we have been headed downhill ever since the 60s, Matt, when Aleister Crowley's do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law was laid down in our society, through music and through the media and through the drug culture that started mainly in the 60s. It's when it really escalated. This thing's been, you know, fire's been burning a long time, but it's really been stoked with this idea that you decide what's right for you and everybody else has got to just get on board. And that, do what you need to do. Your needs are your needs. And we need to not judge you for that. And it's not your fault. And it's not your fault. Your feelings are just no one. You you know when those are your feelings you have. And so, this is where we're living, guys. This is America. This is craziness. And we've we got to see what sin does. And 
And as we're talking about these things, remember, of course, Billie Jean, one of his biggest selling singles uh, was a song about a groupie. And, and, and Michael would get letters and pictures, you know, from fans and claiming that, you know, that this was his kid. And 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 this Billie Jean represented um, this lady that was obsessed with him. And she was crazy. Um, but this was something that he had to deal with all the time. And, and in fact, he wanted the, the song to be named Not My Lover instead of Billie Jean, because one of the producers thought everybody would think of Billie Jean King, the old tennis player. Right. So he they wanted to change it. He said, no, I, I want it to be called Billie Jean. And he won. Um, but there was a line in the song that said that his mom told him to be careful who you love. Be careful what you do, because the lie, a lie becomes the truth. Now, I know she's talking about, hey, be careful what you do, because people can say things about you and it'd be a lie and then it actually becomes the truth because people believe it. That's that's the take of that song. But the spin on that is what happens is you you can lie to yourself so long you think it's the truth. And Michael Jackson has lied to himself so long that he was a good person. He's done a lot of good things. We are the world. Look at the man in the mirror. He had some good songs, okay? But overall, he helped destroy the moral de- structure of this of society with with his antics with his gyrations with you know with his lyrics uh, with different things that he's done and sexually being deviant with children yeah musically he was <clears throat> he was a king of pop labeled the king of pop for a reason everybody after him they really followed after the platform that he laid out without a doubt I mean without a doubt. And so now another thing that uh, when I was as we were studying for this podcast today, uh, one of the one of the leaders in a church out in California, uh, who's a Grammy Award winning uh, music director, um, and he's in a big, big church out in California. He, he wrote this in uh, The Purpose Driven Connection. He said this, one of the greatest artists of our time is now moonwalking along the golden paved roads of heaven where the streets have no name with a broad smile on his face. Now, that's, that is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's a messed up statement. That is a messed up statement. I mean, here is a guy who, who lived his life is, is a train wreck morally emotionally. There's no fruit of the Spirit in Michael's life. He never claimed Jesus as his Savior. He never professed that. He was into the occult. He he was a wreck. And for some supposed Christian leader to say that we know for certain he's moonwalking in heaven, the Bible says otherwise. Here's what the Bible says in Revelation 21. It says, Jesus said this. He said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the end. To him who's thirsty, I will give a drink without cost of the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. 
those people who live their life for the things of this world, those people who are into the occult, who are into trying to tap into power, those who are sexually deviant and immoral and make up their own rules are going to hell. That is what Jesus said. And unless you come to him and let Jesus ransom you. See, we have all sold our souls to the devil. Now, you may not have a contract with a record company. You may not get fame and fortune, but we all have sold our souls to the devil by the na- simply because of our nature, our sin nature. The Bible says we are slaves to sin, but Jesus came to set the captives free. That's why Jesus came to break the curse of sin. And God sent his one and only son to the cross so that he would take our wrath upon himself and so that we could be forgiven and set free and there would be no more curse. And we could know God and we could have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, something Michael said he didn't have. Self-control is a byproduct of the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. This is a heaven or hell issue. This is a black and white issue. Either you belong to God and he's rescued you through the power of his son and the forgiveness, or you belong to the devil. It's heaven or hell. It's no laughing matter. Get right with God. Don't follow your feelings. Put your faith in Jesus. Some heavy stuff here today. We just want you guys to make sure, and we have to check ourselves, make sure you know who you're listening to. Really know who you're listening to, not what the culture displays and and what they make you think or, or cause you to believe, but really find out who it is you're listening to and who you're rallying behind and defending. Do your homework on the music that you listen to, what's in your playlist. Pay attention to what's going on. The spirit behind the music. This is it. I'm Pastor Heath. I'm Matt. Think about it.